Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. we're back it is lakers history 101 and it is the lakers fast break podcast this is dean of all university studies gerald glassford bringing you right back here from lakers fast break pop culture cosmos where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week twice a week wherever you get your podcast plus also game source and inside sports fantasy football catch the latest episode of inside sports fantasy football today wherever you get your podcast plus also as well of course, we've got esteemed professors and a great faculty here at LFB University. It is Joe Soro from Lakers Ball. You can see him as August 1947 going ahead and giving more dissertations today at LakersBall.com. Plus, he has a great gig on the side. It is, of course, Simblades, Simblades with a Y.com. Our good friends and also honorary faculty members. That would be Jamie Sweet and the number one Lakers blogger that's out there, Laker Tom. You can go ahead and catch them today at, at Lakerholics.com. Our good friend as well, friend of the university, John McCallion. Go ahead and check out his great streams on the John McCallion channel. And speaking of YouTube, go ahead and subscribe today to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers stack pack. Post game, obviously we do post games for Lakers and Team USA games better than anyone else. There's also as well Lakerholic Spotlight, of course, NBA Observations, Lakers History 101, and all the stuff that we do. So go ahead and check it out. But you'll know by going ahead and subscribing to us right here at YouTube. Also as well for you audio listeners, you can also be like Darren, who we truly appreciate being our first audio subscriber. So go ahead and do that today as well, right there for you on Spotify. But it is also as well, when you come down to it, social media and the prospect of everything going on. I know Kobe has been all over social media today on Kobe Day. But please go ahead and check us out wherever you get your social media at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It is a excellent day for us here to remember the great Kobe Bryant here in class as we return to classes here at Lakers Fast Break University. Thanks so much again. We truly appreciate it. Hot yoga is one of the new electives being taught at Lakers Fast Break University. So yes, after today's class here at Lakers History 101, there will be in the gym some hot yoga classes. I do know that one of our esteemed professors, Professor Magic Man Sean Grice, will be personally going ahead and instructing those classes in hot yoga. So please go ahead, after this class, head down to the gym at Lakers Fast Break University for your hot yoga classes indeed. But it is Lakers History 101. And for Lakers history, there is no more historic individual in Lakers lore than Kobe Bryant. And today is the day that we do honor him as part of Kobe Bryant Day 824. Truly a tremendous day as we honor the great Kobe Bryant, but also 
We got word officially, something we already knew and had talked about on the show, that a Kobe Bryant statue is going to be unveiled as a part of the LALiveCrypto.com experience. That will be unveiled in February. It'll be unveiled on February 8th, 2024. How prophetic as well as far as not only having it on a day where 8 and 24 is involved, but also two to honor Gigi Bryant. So just truly a sensational time. It was announced earlier today by Kobe Bryant's widow. So it she had a obviously was very emotional about it and it was very emotional to watch it. And I'm just truly thankful that that the organization is going ahead and doing that. So they will honor Kobe Bryant with a statue on February 8th of next year. And we'll obviously cover that for you right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It is something that's going to be a tremendous time, absolutely a tremendous time indeed. It is going again, like like Magic Man has said, before the Denver game. So we're looking forward to that as well. But it is Lakers History 101. And why is Kobe Bryant such a, a historic figure in Lakers lore? That's because he's had so many opportunities, so many outstanding games throughout the course of his career that have just captured our attention as a fan base around the world, as either basketball or Lakers fans. And here today to talk about and discuss the eight iconic games that we believe solidified the legacy of Kobe Bryant. Good men indeed. They're awesome faculty members of Lakers Fast Break University. And first up, good man is here. He has traveled back and forth from the United States back to Canada. He's the madman for Toronto. He did get out of Toronto traffic, literally, on his way back from the United States to go ahead and talk about Kobe Bryant and Kobe Bryant Day. It is a good man indeed. It is the magic man, Professor Sean Grice. And Professor, great to have you here. You said in detail you would discuss two of your choices. And we would go ahead, Professor Sorrell and myself, also elaborate and add on any two cents to that as well. So we will give you first shot the two iconic games for you that define the legacy and career of Kobe Bean Bryant. Thank you very much, Dean Glassford. Uh, appreciate the intro. And uh, I will defer the MSG game to you, Dean, uh, because I had an extra one just uh, in the bank in case uh, somebody went ahead and brought that up. I mean, great minds think alike, but I will defer to Dean Glassford on the MSG performance. Uh, Gerald, the the two that stand out to me were, um, were both uh, very significant. Um, April 14th, 2004, last day of the season, the Lakers and the Sacramento Kings are tied for first place in the Pacific Division. Mm-hmm. All the Lakers have to do is win. They win. They win the Pacific Division. They're the number two seed. But we're, we're playing in Portland, Gerald. One of the most hostile environments ever for the Los Angeles Lakers, whether it's the Rose Garden or whatever they call it today. <laughs> it was a battle. It was a battle. It was essentially... Ruben Patterson versus Kobe Bryant um, all game long. And um, they battled. And the Lakers, outside of Kobe, uh, Gerald, they really struggled that game. I mean, Shaq, Shaq showed up in OT, but he didn't have his best game that night. Neither did Devin George. Neither did Slava Medvedenko. It just seemed it was Kobe against Brandon Roy, Ruben Patterson, and the rest of the Did Slava ever really, quote-unquote, show up? I'm just going to say that out loud. There is a reason why he's a Stephen A. Smith punchline. Mm -hmm. There is. Um, But we'll never forget that twisting and turning he did against Ruben Patterson. um, Just trying to find any kind of airspace. Patterson was so close to him, he could probably smell his old spice. Kobe went up, and Gerald, he flings this thing. I don't even think it's going in. I don't think it has a chance. Nothing but net. He's excited. He's going bonkers. The bench goes bonkers. It's 87-87. He has a chance. Now, Shaq takes over an OT, the first one. Kobe has a chance to win it. At the end of the first OT, Gerald, but he misses. So we go to double OT. 
Shaq fouls out. And again, Kobe just makes this incredible shot over a great defender, Theo Ratliff, who at that time was one of the best defenders in the NBA, just over him. And it goes in and we're all screaming because we just won the Pacific Division. We're the number two seed. It was an incredible victory. You know, just showed the kind of medal he has. He shot 14 of 31 from that game. So it wasn't a great shooting night, but didn't matter. It didn't matter. Um, I, I remember uh, when Bill Simmons was interviewing uh, the great uh, Iceman, George Gervin, and he asked him what player he would want to take the last shot. And he said, 24. Yes. Asked him why. And he goes, because if that man shot five of 25, that last one's going in. And sure enough, uh, through thick and thin, he just launches his thing over Theo Ratliff. And all Ratliff can do is watch as it goes in, game over. We win the Pacific Division. We beat a rival. It was an incredible performance. I agree with you. Lifted 2000, maybe you could say 99 year that he really started to elevate his game into that level once again it is the magic man professor sean grice and also here today as well good man indeed you've got to go ahead and check him out at zox 1947 at lakersball.com and also as well of course everything that does for Simblades. Simblades with a y.com it is professor joe sorrow and professor we'll get back to sean's second pick here in a minute but before we do you have a game in mind that you think defines Kobe's career? Yes, it's one, obviously, but this was a little bit more impactful because I was physically there. So for those of you who don't know, there was a minute there where I'm going to use, I'm going to, I'm going to use an, uh, a comparison to, to before Jordan won his second championship, there was some buzz that, it would, Jordan had a contemporary in Clyde Drexler and it was even brought up in the last dance. And if you rem- if, if for those of you who are alive at that time and understanding what was going on, it was a legitimate discussion of is Clyde because Portland was really kind of coming into their own a little bit in the early nineties. They made the finals in 90. They got their 92, which was their best team. And all due respect and rest in peace to Kevin Duckworth. If 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 Kevin Duckworth was Sabonis, that series might have been a little different. So Portland was formidable, and so was Clyde. However, we saw what happened. Jordan pretty much said, whoever even gave this a thought, you should go sell groceries on the freeway, right? So... The discussion in 2003-2004 was who was a better player, Tracy McGrady or Kobe Bryant? Of course, if you're a Laker fan, you're laughing that that you're even comparing someone who's already a three-time champion to someone who at that time couldn't even get out of the first round and really didn't until he was a bench player for San Antonio. But... Kobe's always had that hate, and this is before Colorado, too. So just so you guys know, oh, he has Shaq. Okay, whatever. Anyways, that's not the point of the story, but we'll get to the to the, to the the climax of this. So I'm at Staples. This is uh, March 15, 2004. I used to go to a game two or three or four times a year. That was kind of my thing. It stopped a little bit in the mid-2010s, and then, of course, after COVID, but I was pretty – pretty dedicated to going at least three or four games a year. And that was one of them. And I mean, that was the loudest I've ever been at a game. Usually I'm pretty somber. I'm calm. I'll cheer and I'll say a couple things in the bench, but I generally like to not not make too much of a ruckus. My voice tends to travel. Uh, People are literally sitting right there next to you. And I, you know, I'm a big guy. Even back then I was still big. You're, you try to be respectful. However, this night I made sure after the game was over, I stood behind the basket while they were interviewing Kobe, and I yelled for a good two or three minutes that that mother effer is the best player on the planet. So for those of you who don't know what game I'm talking about, 
Uh, T-Mac went off in this game in the first half and in the third quarter. He had 32 points going into the fourth, and Orlando was up uh, 15 points. Kobe had the shoulder thing, the shoulder harness, blue harness. Uh, he had a torn labrum that we didn't know about at that time, but we found out later. It was a torn labrum due to a uh, pump fake and a player landing on his shoulder and jacking it up, right? So he was playing essentially kind of with a bum wing, but you know how Kobe was, right? So T-Mac goes off. Most of the most of his points was coming off Rick Fox. Uh, they put Devin George on him, nothing, right? So then they start to slowly get Kobe into the Tracy McGrady circle around the third quarter, uh, towards the end of the third quarter. And then once the fourth quarter hit, Kobe took the assignment fully. The Lakers were down 15. Kobe goes on a 24-point run uh, offensively and shuts T-Mac down to five points in the fourth and zero in overtime. And the Lakers win 113-110. to 110. It was a defining moment. It's a regular season game that doesn't get talked about enough. I still would have remembered if I wasn't there, but I was fortunate enough to be there. I saw with my own eyes really one of the two greatest two-way players I've ever seen in my life from a perimeter standpoint. Obviously, centers take on a whole different, you know, centers sit back and play defense. This is perimeter. Perimeter defense is a little different than, than big guys playing defense. So for me, there's only Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant that I've ever mastered both sides the way they did in that in that way not only was he he wasn't guarding Jalen Rose he was guarding arguably the best scorer on the planet and one of the all-time greats had he had some dedication to his game I'm sorry I had to throw that in there but it's true that's the game that always pops into my head I know it's easy to pick the the championship games obviously the 48-16 against Sacramento uh, a lot of people don't talk about I know we only had to pick two and I'm, I'm, I'm going to pick two that are not uh, obvious uh, uh, so that you guys can understand how great this guy was. I think it was more of the time of, and, and the, the impact that was going on at that time. I think we didn't we, we don't pay attention to how, how, how fortunate we were at that moment on why it happened and how it happened. So this was the first one. This was the one that came to my mind. And then I have a second one that's going to be a surprise, but it, it'll make sense when I explain why this game was the epitome of who Kobe Bryant was and why why it's important to his legacy, even though it's a regular season game. Because I strictly picked regular season games. Playoff games are too easy. I, I wanted to pick regular season games because what Kobe did that very, very few, any, very, very few professional athletes can do is make you think about him on a January, February, March day that's not important. He made you go, wait a minute. When are the Lakers playing? Oh, Kobe's playing? Of course he's playing, right? I, I got to watch this. Well, it's, they're, they're 40 and 40. Well, I mean, who cares? No, 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 no. You never know with this guy. And we didn't know March 15th, 2004, what was going to happen. And we were fortunate enough to watch and see what greatness was about in terms of basketball. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Bring me all of the Star Trek all of the time and I will be an incredibly happy girl. Even if it's terrible. It's like pizza. Bad pizza is still pretty good because it's pizza. Bad Star Trek is still pretty good because it's still Star Trek. That's the way that I look at it. Just let it sit in the refrigerator for a day and be cool. That's it. Yep. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again... It is Lakers History 101 right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It is Gerald Glassford, Dean of University Studies here at the Lakers Fast Break University, along with the esteemed faculty of Professors Sean Grice and Joe Soro. Great to have you here. You just heard Magic Man and Joe Soro's first 
two selections right there for you. So we have two selections down, six more to go. I want to go ahead and read what Laker Nick, and that's another, another esteemed colleague of ours, Professor Laker Nick, he threw in a couple as well. I asked for his insight on this, and he suggested to us the two games that he was interested in. And we'll start with his number one choice. His number one choice was him, was the Achilles game, where the Achilles popped, uh, unfortunately signaled the closing chapter of his career as far as him being at that level that we were hoping to continue to see him at. But unfortunately, time, mother nature, father time, they really got to him. And in one game where he, unfortunately, at the end of the, you know, just tore his Achilles in that really, really memorable game. And unfortunately, it just didn't work out for him. But he still was able to get to the line even after he tore his Achilles. Still walked up, hit the two free throws. And he worked so hard to get this team where it needed to be because he didn't have the quality players around him that he tried so hard and put so much effort even at his older age unfortunately his body just could not take any longer and unfortunately his achilles tore but just to have the guts just to have the sheer guts to walk up to that that free throw line hit two clutch free throws and be able to win the game for the lakers just shows you right there. It was against the Golden State Warriors in a tough end of the season 2013 game in April. And I'll tell you what, I remember watching him in that game. I was so sad to see him hurting so much. You knew the pain was in, as he was grimacing, but he still got up and showed so much toughness, so much resiliency to get to the line to shoot those, make those free throws. Sean, I'm going to bring you back in here. When you saw him in that game against the Golden State Warriors in April of 2013, come up to the line, make those free throws, and immediately they fouled and had to get him off the court because you knew his season was over, his time was done, and that it was going to probably signal the beginning of the end for Kobe Bryant as a player. Your thoughts, and what was running through your mind when you saw him go up to the line and take those free throws? Yeah, you know what, Gerald, when uh, when he himself was looking at it and knew it wasn't good and, um, you know, my kind of sunk a little bit. I remember having to get a shot of tequila after that because I kind of knew, and I think a lot of Lakers fans knew, it's not good. It's not good. At, at, at best, it's really not good. At worst, it could be devastating. And He was grimacing just walking. Walking, yeah. That, and that's not normally like him. Um, so it was very serious. Um, the, you said it yourself, Gerald. I mean, just the sheer guts. Just that's all it was. It was guts. Sometimes all you need is guts. And sometimes guts is enough. And he just gutted that out. Like sheer guts. It was staying present in the moment. Knowing that uh, your Achilles is hanging by a thread. And you're still going to knock these two shots down. Um, just exemplified the Mamba mentality. All, all, five, all five pillars. Lifted says it the best right there. The Achilles game might be his favorite because in those times of need, we show our true character in our toughest battles. No, it's it's true. I believe, you know, um, I think it was Lincoln who said that, you know, most men handle uh, adversity about the same as well as you can be how do you handle success and he handled both the same way the same mentality and i agree with lifted and yourself gerald that that exemplified the mama mentality through and through joe what were your thoughts going through your mind when you saw kobe walking up to the free throw line you could tell it was going to be a, it was a very bad foot injury he still as sean was saying showed the guts to go ahead and still focus enough to get those two clutch free throws to secure a victory. The feeling I got was the coffin was bought. The coffin on the career. Yeah, I know that's eerie to say that considering he's not here anymore, but that's what it was. But much like uh, 
one of my favorite football player probably ever was Troy, Troy Palomalu. We knew it would end badly for him because his play was just too devastating. The human beings are not supposed to do what they did. And Kobe had that same mentality in that he was going to play until he busted. And we finally saw it. So there was some understanding that that was how it was going to end. But it was still devastating because through all the BS that year, they were starting to come into their own. I think they were 26 and 13, the last 39 games. They were coming up and they were going to play the Spurs in the first round. And up until that that series, Kobe had pretty much dominated the Spurs since 2004. And it was an end of an era. That's what I felt. I knew it was over. I knew that, yeah, we know he'll come back. And I kept hearing about Dominique scoring 30 and after busting his uh, Achilles. But then I also thought, first of all, Dominique Wilkins didn't do what Kobe did. He, he didn't have that kind of career. I looked at it more as Isaiah Thomas busting his uh, Achilles before he finally hung him up. Uh, Shaq tore his Achilles before, and then then he was done. These guys went all out until that tire blew out, and his tire blew out, and we I knew it was done. I knew we weren't going to see anything good after that. Actually, uh, to note, he did play at one more than one occasion, breaking a finger and still playing. Uh, actually happened uh, at least two notable times uh, as far as 2009 and I believe in the mid-2010s, 2016, I want to say. I think close to the end, he broke a, a finger as well. Well, that's that's another thing that... that Go ahead, Sean. He, yeah, he fractured his ring finger, This, I believe, Gerald, the second title year. So that'd be 09 or 10. Yeah. yeah. And that he, one I know. But, and he did yeah. again in the mid-2010s. Yes, he did. And he said yes. he had no he couldn't he had no feeling in that finger anymore. So so he, he all basically all the nerves out of that was shot. That's something to consider. Uh, uh, being Laker fans and Kobe Homers, we're we're always gonna have that, I guess, favoritism to to Kobe. But when your trigger finger can't really trigger, that played a huge part in his shooting percentage the last probably seven years of his career. Take it for what it's worth. The fact that, that he was able to do what he did with a broken trigger finger goes to show you how relentless he was and how amazing he, he was. So that's that's something to, to remember when you're sitting there going, well, he shot 44.9% from the field. Yeah. Yeah. If you're looking at stats, that makes that makes you know sense. But seven finals appearances, two different dynasties, five championships, 20 years with the same team. He's the second greatest player that ever played. And you're not going to be able to put enough evidence down to, to, to make me veer off that. And your evidence isn't going to make any sense. Right here at Lakers History 101, I just wanted to go ahead and mention that my choice for the first choice as far as a game coming up that in Kobe lore is, to me in my mind, one of the defining moments of his career was in the bright lights of Madison Square Garden. He absolutely killed it, absolutely killed it to have one of the greatest performances from an opposing player ever on the floor of Madison Square Garden. That was February 2nd, 2009. Just truly a amazing performance. 19 to 31 from the floor, 61 points, 20 from 20 from the free throw line. Something that to me is absolutely awesome knowing that the Knicks fans, the MSG fans, the hate that they throw, the booze and all that, but you're hearing the shouts. Kobe turned them halfway through the game. Kobe had them chanting MVP, MVP, MVP. Kobe had them cheering for him more than the Knicks by the time it was done. I got into an – it wasn't an argument because I, 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 I kind of scaled back. It was at a bar. And, and, and there was a Kobe hater at the bar saying that I, I kept saying New York Knicks were cheering for Kobe. New York Knicks fans know basketball, and he he had a negative tone to him. And I knew if I had if I had gone all the way, something would have happened uh, at the stupidity of that. I have scaled back before, believe it or not. Parking lots, 
Uh, that's only because I didn't want to mess up my watch. I remember one time I was in a parking lot. Some guy tried to act like he wanted to throw down. And I was like, I, I got out of the car. Then I said, shoot. Went back in my car. He started calling me the P word and all that. And I was like, yeah, have a good day. His, what, it was funny. His girl was, uh, you could tell he had done that before. Because his girl's like, come on, let's go. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, the, uh, I, 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 I want, you know. We talked a little bit about the Celtics today on our emails for you know talking to people about pregame stuff. I I I I can you can always and, and this is for all Laker fans in here, you can always really, really stick it to a Celtic fan. Really, every time by saying we heard Kobe chants at the garden. Mm-hmm. That never happened in LA for Paul Pierce, Bird, Parrish, McHale, KG. Never heard that. Kobe chance in Boston. You want to, you, you want more evidence how next level he was in Boston, in Atlanta, in New York. Only Philly booed him. And the only reason why they booed him in Philly is because he whooped their ass the year before. But and even they on opportunities because he was Philly born. Or Philly raised, I should say. They don't Philly consider raised. him a Philly kid. They, they consider they, him a. They, they booed him when he won the MVP in at the All Star game in Philadelphia. Yeah, they booed him because they're angry at themselves, their organization. Here's a kid that was breaking World Chamberlain records, ten minutes away from the spectrum, yet, and again, you you got to pick Allen Iverson one in '96, considering the time. But let's let's talk about this. I know I'm veering off here and there, but this was a good start to really some cool what ifs. If Jerry West was the GM of the Sixers, this is something I haven't even talked to you guys about. I wanted to do it on the show live. Who would Jerry West have drafted in 1996? Something to think about. That's a question Jerry needs to be asked. What what's what's also significant about that game, Gerald, is that it, it came at a time when they needed it the most. They were dealing with injuries. If I'm not mistaken, Andrew Bynum had just gone down uh, with the knee injury. I think it was. Correct me if I'm wrong, Gerald. I think it was against Indiana. Well, double check. Uh, but yeah, they were dealing with injuries, and they went six and zero on that East Coast road trip, Gerald. That's the last time the Lakers have gone undefeated on an East Coast swing. Uh, he he injured his knee in Memphis again, and okay, then Kobe my bad. went nuts. Yeah, Kobe went nuts. My bad. I, thought it was I will the tell you though, guys, the last day and the last time he was in Philadelphia, they were chanting his name at the end of the game. That I provided the video in the in the chat as uh, for the students and for the class there. Uh, they did so at the end of his career. Uh, yeah, I understand that it started with booze, and these are the same fans that actually throw snowballs at Santa Claus, but they actually did come around that in his retirement tour in his final season did come around to cheering Kobe, Kobe, even in Philly. So that'll yeah. tell you right there. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Lakers history 101. It is our remembrance and honoring Kobe Bryant and Kobe Bryant Day right here for your Lakers fast break university. I want to go ahead and mention our first four have been taken care of. It's the first four monumental games we believe should be remembered in Kobe Bryant history. Magic Man, we turn to you for your number two. What is your number two choice, which would be the number five, number five, fifth, our fifth game in remembrance of Kobe Bryant that helps you realize, that helped you, that helped you just come to understand just how great he was. Gerald, it's uh, December 20th, 2005, one day after my birthday. I'm watching the Lakers against the Mavs, and Kobe Bryant just uh, goes bananas, Gerald. Bananas. 62 points at the end of three quarters. He didn't step on the floor at all in the fourth. Finishes uh 33 minutes and three quarters 62 points 22 of 25 from the free throw line uh Marac- I- I- ironically or not Gerald uh in all three of those games the Pacer game um the Blazer game the MSG game 
and the Mavs game, he has 31 shot attempts. Now, the shooting percentage isn't great for the Blazer game, but for the Knicks and the Mavs, he was just going off. I think he had at that point he had more free throws after the third quarter than the Mavs did all game. It was a virtuoso performance that that particular one because they Do needed. Do you think it. he would have gotten a hundred had he played in that game? I, would, I, would, I, I think, think he would have broken eighty-one. I think he would have broken eighty-one. I think he would have gotten ninety. Sure. The problem was he got he played he played twelve. He, he played only played thirty-three minutes. Eighteen minutes in the first half. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way of knowing that. So when you when I extrapolated the points, if he had played all 48 minutes, I think his score would have been 92. Would have been 92 points. He would have. It would have been close. It yeah. would have been really. He would close. have needed. He went. He went. I will say this, Gerald. I think he would have gotten to the free throw line about 40 times. So I think he would have gotten 90. I think he, he went 26 of 48. No, I'm sorry. 20. No, 24, 46 from the field. Mm, double check somewhere around there. I think again. I think I think ninety would have probably been my my estimation of what he would have scored. But a hundred, just the fact that you would have been closing in on that territory. The only way he scores he 100... shot Joe, he shot eighteen of thirty-one. No, um, it's got to be more than that. No, no, he was he was firing on all cylinders though from three-point land. No, it was it was eighteen of thirty-one. He was twenty-two of twenty-five from the line. Yeah, he shot four for 10 from three. All right. He was 28 of 46, 18 of 20 from the free throw line. Which game are you looking at, Sean? Yeah, which game are you looking at, Joe? Because the, I'm, the I'm looking at that game. I remember it was 28. I knew it was a 20 and 40. So well, it was what 20 score and do you have in that game? Hmm? What score do you have in that game? 81. What do you no, mean, no, what no, score? No. The, that's the, the 81 score. point game. Yeah. yeah, that's the 81 point game, Joe. We're talking about the Mavs game. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I got confused. Sorry. Yeah, sixty-two. He would have. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I got. I got confused, guys. I'm sorry. Oh, it no happens, worries. brother. Don't be sorry. Don't you ever be sorry on this podcast. Don't you ever be sorry. Don't <laughs> say that word again. I don't want to hear that word from you, Joe. There yes, you go, Jessoro to T right there. But that's a great game. Absolutely. I think that he would have pushed ninety. I really think that that could have been a possibility. And like you said, Magic Man, had he gotten a chance to go to the free throw line, or could he? Have, Lived at the free throw line in that last quarter. A hundred may not have been out of the possibility, but we'll never know. We'll never know. But again, the only thing that stopped him on defense was Phil Jackson sitting him down. So just like Dean Smith. No, that's down. a fallacy. That's that's not that's not true. Well, who sat him down that fourth quarter? No, Kobe sat down. A B Shaw confirmed this. B Shaw said, Kobe said, we're up. You know, to over what was it? Twenty points at that point. Okay, and, I don't want to rub it in. And he goes, I, I'll, and he goes, come on, man, you're historic, this and that. And Phil was totally cool with it. He goes, ah, I'll get, I'll get more, I'll get eighty next time, or whatever okay. it was. And he did. Yeah, it yes. was this, actually it was ninety five sixty one after three quarters. The Lakers yeah. were up almost thirty. Kobe was sixty two to sixty one against the Mavs that, that after three. There you go. Okay, so let's 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 look at the numbers there, right? He played thirty six minutes. No wait, I'm sorry. I keep getting, I keep getting weird numbers here that pop up. Uh, you guys can converse. Go I'll, ahead, I'll Magic. You're on out. mute. There you go. You're off yeah. mute now. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just gonna say I'll post the box score here. But yeah, you played 33 minutes. 33 minutes. 62 yeah. points. It's almost a minute. Almost a, a point a minute. Two okay, points so a minute. If, if he had played two points a minute. Yeah, two points a minute. But the performance itself was one of the defining moments of his career. Let's just go ahead and, and, well, and sum it up and, all there. So we can go again, ahead and move Gerald, on to the next when, one. When you look at who he was playing against, that Mavs team was stacked. Yes. That was a stacked Mavs team. And he was up against what, probably the most prolific big man who's shooter who's ever played in the NBA. Dirk had 18 points that game, Gerald. 18 points. And he sat. he said he sat. And he watched Kobe Bryant kill a team by himself. He couldn't believe what he was watching that game. And after that game, Dirk said, after he retired, obviously, looking back, that was when he realized Kobe Bryant was the greatest basketball player he would ever see with his own two eyes. 
So we've got five down. We've got three left, my friends. It is the Lakers fast break. Truly appreciate you joining us. As we remember Kobe Bryant and Kobe Bryant Day right here at Lakers History 101. Joe, you're next before I bring out Laker Knicks and my last uh, great performances that we'd like to add to the list. So you've got number six. What is number six on the list of great performances for Kobe Bryant you wish to have remembered? This was Kobe's probably last... Obviously, the last game he ever played was what it was. But in terms of him being in, still in that mode of trying to win a championship, March 8th, 2013, against the Toronto Raptors, pretty much the last game that he tortured Toronto, which was, what, eight or nine games that he tortured them? Lakers were down 10. And we're, the Lakers are at, were at a moment here where they had to win almost every game. And they ended up going into overtime, and he hit like two or three impossible shots. They ended up winning in overtime, 118, 116. And if I, I highly recommend you guys going on YouTube, March 8, 2013, L.A. against Toronto at the Staples Center, and watch that game through highlights or through the actual game. And I remember calling my friend who's a Laker fan. I said, this is the greatest player I've ever seen. And I had watched Magic, the tail end of Magic, Jordan, but for some reason, that game, I, I, I had never said it like that before. I never said Kobe was the greatest player I've ever seen, but I'm watching that game, and I'm seeing these shots go in, and I know this guy's been in the league 18 years, 17 years, sorry, 17 years, and five championships, seven finals appearances, records, all-time Laker, everything, the, the legend, and owns a – like everything. And I'm sitting there watching this guy play a game, play to the point where he it looks like this guy hasn't won anything. He looks like Y.A. Tittle trying to win that championship, bloodied on his knees, right? And I don't know, just after that game, I, I – I just text my friend. I said, this is the best best player I've ever seen in my life. It's the greatest player I've ever seen in my life. And my friend said, I know. That's what he wrote back. Like, I got, I got goosebumps. Just I still remember that text. I'm just like, I couldn't, I, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to say. Accomplishments matter in sports. The, the thing that separates Tom Brady from Joe Montana and Dan Marino and John Elway is, he was more accomplished, regardless of advantages of, advantages of this and that. I, I, I get all that, too. But the reality is, when you factor in pure just pure talent and work ethic and determination and everything, how can you sit there with a straight face and say that this guy isn't the best ever if you had to pick him? I'm not, I was never afraid that he would screw something up. I just never was. There's only really two guys that I ever saw do that. It's a team sport. Circumstances matter. You know, I think it would have been a different thing. We've talked about this a few times. It's something I enjoy talking about because it puts things in perspective. If Kobe wins in 04 and 08, he's, he's, he's in that argument. He's in that argument without even an argument anymore. He might even, you can even say that he could be number one. So accomplishments matter. And, you know, but in terms of pure talent, in terms of just what we saw, for 20 years, what I saw for 20 years, and one of our one of our one of our peeps here asked, "When did Kobe become a superstar?" He became a superstar really uh, his second year in the league, where he was a bench player who made the starting lineup in the greatest All Star game ever in 1998. That was when Kobe became a star, and he should have won Sixth Man of the Year that year. By the way, that was a freaking Kobe's been robbed of at least two MVPs. He has been robbed. Arguably, we don't talk. It doesn't get talked about a lot, but me and Sean have talked about it. He he, he got robbed of a, at least one Defensive Player of the Year award in the early two thousands. He got robbed of a six man. Kobe should have a six man award, a Defensive Player of the Year award. He should have two more MVPs. What does that do for your for his accomplishments too? And he should have had two more scoring titles. One he kind of just gave it to Durant, said I'm not playing the last game, which was pissed me off. By the way, I wanted him to get that just. Just because, why not? And uh, the other was circumstances of 
trying to win championships and not caring, I guess. But yeah, what ifs, what ifs. But that that game was kind of the the the, the book closing on the. It it it's, it reminds me of the last true meaningful game where he played like a god. Meaningful game, meaning meaningful path to trying to win a championship, hitting shots that no man other than maybe Larry Bird could hit. And even Larry Bird, I don't think, could have hit those shots because Kobe's athleticism is obviously night and day against Larry. Larry might have just shot every, shot over everybody. Kobe had to do a little bit of pizzazz and a little bit of bending to get around things. But that's that's part of why it was amazing, too. If I'm not mistaken, Joe, I believe uh, DeMar DeRozan was guarding him on that on that last possession. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he picked him up. Yeah. So the hometown L.A. guy just, man, how many times did Kobe break his heart? Yeah, if it wasn't Kobe, it was LeBron, right? This is true. I actually don't like talking about Kobe a lot. It bothers me. This is uh, This is like starting to bother me a little bit because I don't like that he's not here really bothers me and it, it, it's it's one of those things where really that guy just it, it, i just got, I, 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 it's, I think it, it, it's an it's a it's it's a it's it's a boiling anger that i don't i just don't don't want to really think about it's 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 it, i i i might have said this in a show pre- previous steven van zandt talks about james gandolfini in a way where he says, we used to miss each other. You know, he's going to New York, he's going to Florida, whatever. And then we'd catch up somewhere. And in his mind, it's the same thing. I'm just not catching him. And that's how he looks at it. And for me, when we talk about Kobe and statues and all this and seeing Vanessa and the kids, like, I actually don't like seeing it. I don't want to see it. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to look at it because I don't, I, 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 then it's, it's not just Kobe not being on TV. So it sucks. It really sucks. It really sucks he's not here because there was some things that were about to happen that that we really got effed. We got effed really bad. And, and, and a lot of it had, involved his daughter. The WNBA would be different right now. Would be would be on, on, a, on an ascension that would be unprecedented. I, I was really, really, I was talking about it four months before he passed away. I was talking to him about my buddy. I'm like, dude, we got Gianna coming. We're going to be watching Gianna. We're going to be watching the WNBA draft, and we're going to be watching Gianna play every game. What the? Are you serious? Like, we were waiting for Kobe to have a boy. Forget the boy. You know, we got Gianna coming. Oh, that's a great story. And I, I, and that part is honestly the main reason why I get angry. I'm pissed off. We lost so much. We lost so much. It's so many other people. Besides us, like we're nothing. Like what did what did those girls lose? Delta Belly, Delta Belly's lost their mom. What did and they? Dad. What did they? What? So somebody lost their mom, dad, and sibling. Somebody lost their mom and a sibling. It's for what? For what? So that the thousandth time this pilot flew through these conditions, the thousand and one time it wasn't a good idea. Life sucks. When people say life sucks, that's the part that sucks. Not the economy and what Yahoo's in the in the office or who's getting arrested. Who cares about that? This Lodge is, cut uh, short. This is the part where life sucks because this is forever. There's always going to be some Yahoo idiot. There's always going to be some money issue. You can always make more money. You can always buy another house. You can always figure that stuff out. You can't fix this. And it's really, really, really... It really bothers me. It really does, and it sucks. And I'm sorry I had to put a damper on this, but it, it, it's it's how I it's how I feel, and it, I don't know. I have to let it out at this point. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. Hey, Lakers fans! Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news? information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers, well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. 
with a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break. It is Lakers History 101. It is Professor Joe Soro and Professor Sean Grice along with me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening as we honor Kobe on Kobe Bryant Day. But before we head on out, we still got two more left. So I want to go ahead and run those quickly down. Of course, Laker Nick, great professor, esteemed colleague of ours, mentioned to us that the other game that came to mind for him as far as one of the great performances for Kobe, one of the things that he actually was able to go ahead and witness was January 7th of 2003, the Lakers versus the Sonics. And Darren, our esteemed uh, audio follower, and just thank you so much for doing so again. I want to go ahead and mention Lakers versus Sonics, January 7, 2003. Kobe made an unprecedented, as Nick said, 12 of 18 three-pointers. In parentheses, he put out perhaps laying the blueprint for what was to come. 16 of 18 shooting overall, 45 points total, three assists, a steal, and a block. But it was a vintage performance from him and definitely something that we didn't think was possible because we didn't think that Kobe was going to be that good at times of a three-point shooter. And statistically, over the course of his career, he was not. But Sean and Joe, tonight that night, he pulled it out. And when he started hitting, he couldn't stop. Yeah, no. It was uh, – he was just – there was something about him on a heater, Gerald. It was almost like – it's almost like watching somebody at a blackjack table in Vegas – when uh, he would make a couple threes and then he would just keep on shooting because he just felt like I'm hot. I'm going to keep going here until somebody stops me or it doesn't go in. Um, that game specifically incredible because if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I think weren't they coming off a back to back? I think that I was believe- a back. Yeah. I think it was back to back and he still had the energy and the, the vigor to just launch these, these shots. And I'm sure his legs were tired. I'm sure he was tired, but it just didn't matter. Didn't matter. It was part of the Mamba mentality. Um, just blackout and keep going. That was because yeah, p- they played the Suns the night before. I, yeah, good, good. Not a bad memory. I couldn't remember the team, but I, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Gerald, incredible. Like, that was probably the greatest shooting performance from the outside that we've seen him have. He was just on. He was just on. And I think uh, I think he just had an extra, extra vim that night for whatever reason. Off a of back-to-back, you would think, you know, even for a superstar, back-to-back is pretty tiring and pretty tedious. But, I mean, he just put it all behind him, Gerald. Let's go. And then absolutely the last game I want to mention, it's probably the most defining game of his career. And Joe said this, you could easily point to a playoff game or a finals game that he played well in that, you know, like against Denver or, you know, in the Western Conference finals, uh, there was uh, absolutely 2009 when he really commanded the scene, but also as well, you could go and point to his, his performances against Boston, against Orlando, you talk about all the other series that was in as far as playoffs or finals, but it is about the regular season. What do you do on an every game basis? And obviously you cannot talk about Kobe great performances unless you talk about, as Joe was talking about those performances in January, February and March. And obviously the biggest one is January 22nd of 2006, 81 points. We've talked about it on this show, how historic it is the most scored by anyone outside of Wilt against the Toronto Raptors. They had nothing that they could throw against him that worked. Jalen Rose still is probably eating it to this day as far as how it is probably uh, still people walking by and telling him he's been toasted time and time again. Mo Peterson and the whole nine yards. But Joe, 
when he scored 81 that day, you've already mentioned your thoughts and memories from that day, but brief us in. We have less than five minutes left, but please let us know just quickly your thoughts on that 81-point game because it was truly a work of art. Uh, 81 points, I'll say I'll, – I'll, I fell asleep the first quarter and a half because the Steelers just went to the Super Bowl, right? I had drank uh, a half a case of Coronas with my friend. Couldn't eat the whole – practically the whole week. I was so nervous. Finally was able to eat after the, you know, after they whooped Denver. Then the alcohol hit me right after the game because I had been in such nervousness. So I started eating, soaked up the alcohol, was still like, honey, you need to give me, drive me home because I, I, yeah, I'm going to like rest. Get home, lay on the couch, fall asleep. And at that time, for, for like 10, 12 years, I don't miss Laker games. I didn't miss Laker games. So I got up, kind of like when you get up, like on a surprise. Like, <sighs> and then I looked, I go, oh, damn it. Clicked on the TV. And, you know, Kobe's doing his normal thing after the first half. They're down, though. But he's yep. got 26 points. And I'm like, eh, he's probably going to drop 40 points. And maybe we'll win. I don't know. All of a sudden, you start seeing the third quarter develop. And I'm going, the hell? 12, 14, 17, 20, 22, 25, scored 30 points in the third, and they're still down. I'm like, holy crap. He's got 56, but this time they're not leading, which means he's going to play the fourth. The rest is history. And I'm sitting there going, like, I, and this, this is the, at the beginning of social media. There wasn't really a lot of it, but you started seeing stuff on TV. We're like, are you guys watching this? Like, a bunch of athletes, football players, basketball. Are you seeing this? Are you seeing this? And I'm calling my friends who are Laker. I'm like, are you guys, is this, is this really happening? Like, what the hell? And then the game ends. He scores 81. They win. Sports Center. It's still on YouTube. You can look, you can plug it in. Kobe fronted Championship Sunday. They didn't talk about Seattle winning. And the Steelers winning to start the show. They were talking about Kobe dropping 81. A regular season game at a, on a team that was battling to make the playoffs. Led SportsCenter on. And this was when SportsCenter was good. Not the toilet water that it is now. It was. I, that was the part. That was the clincher. I was like, oh my God. That's how great this son of a gun is. So the other question was, Kobe was anointed in his second year in the league but that game made him a legend icon one of the greats of all time sean real quickly we only got about a couple minutes left your thoughts on the 81 point game before we let out class for this evening actually gerald uh everybody's kind of summed it up for me um I guess the only footnote to add about that game um, would be a, a funny anecdote by Tim Duncan. Um, after after practice, uh, Duncan was was in the training room and he happened to see the uh, the uh, Chiron of the scores at the at the bottom on ESPN, and he looked up and he said, "Does that really say Kobe scored eighty one points? That's got that's got to be a misprint." It's got to be a typo. And he didn't believe it until he read the newspaper the next morning, Gerald, saw the box score. And yeah, Kobe scored 81 points. And Tim Duncan said, I didn't believe it until I saw it. There you go, indeed. The eight shining, momentous performances by Kobe Bryant. If you have any thoughts on Kobe Bryant and his career, any more games that really stand out to you, please go ahead, mention it down below on YouTube, Facebook, social media, Twitch, wherever you get your podcasts, you can go ahead and shout it out to us as well on social media, Lakers Fast Break or Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com. Thank you, class. You've been awesome, especially in the chat, the best Lakers chat room, the best Lakers classroom that's out there is the Lakers Fast Break. Truly appreciate all your thoughts and memories of Kobe Bryant and Kobe Bryant Day. Remember, next year, February 8th, 2024, they'll be unveiling a statue right there near the Crypto.com arena. We will be covering it all for you right there for you. But also wanted to mention tomorrow, we're bringing on Empire Jeff TV. That's going to be a great conversation. 
He's been a great part of our chat here, and we're looking forward to going ahead and have him live on the show tomorrow. So definitely looking forward to that. Once again, we truly want to honor the great Kobe Bryant. Once again, thank you so much also as well for listening, watching, wherever you catch us. Big shout out again to Darren, who's our first audio subscriber. If you want to subscribe to us on audio, just go ahead and do so off of our Spotify platform. And I'll tell you what, from all of us, Professor Joe Sorrell and Professor Sean Grice, Professor Laker Nick, it's Gerald Glassford, the Dean of Lakers Fast Break University Studies. We thank you so much for watching, listening, and class is now dismissed. <laughs>